Welcome back to Fit Body Happy Joints. My name is Shannon. Before we get into this episode, I just want to say that there are eight free Evolo classes in the show notes. You can sign up for those classes. You can take them over and over again, and they continue to be effective. So if you've been wanting to try our method, that's a great way to try it completely for free. And then number two, if you enjoyed this podcast, I would so appreciate a review on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on Spotify, you can now rate, um, give your star rating on Spotify. We try to dive right into these episodes, keep them really concise. I do a lot of research on each one of these episodes, so I would so appreciate some love there. And um, I also just want to thank you for subscribing to the show. So if you subscribe and download, that really helps me as well too. So Thank you so much. All right, let's get right into the episode. I feel this responsibility to educate about fitness and exercise, partly because my eyes have been so opened over the last few years about how twisted the messaging really is. And I don't necessarily think that this all comes from like an evil place by any means. I think there's just lots of misunderstanding and it's one of my goals to use this podcast to kind of clean up some of that messaging and ultimately help give you more clear education about how to approach your fitness routine. Exercise is incredible for your health. We all know this, but fitness marketing has led us to believe that it will essentially solve all of your problems. I think part of that is because marketers know it's easier for them to sell you a product if it feels like a quick fix, if it feels like, oh, just go, you know, slam your body into the ground in these workouts, and then you can go eat and drink, you know, however you want, and you can think about your body however you want, all that, all of that. It's easier almost to exercise harder than it is to change and have patience with some of the other things that are related to our health, but that are ultimately going to be more sustainable. Because we've been marketed for so long that our fitness should kind of be like this magic pill that will shrink your body. And if you aren't grinding yourself into the ground, you won't shrink yourself and then no one will love you. I know that sounds so ridiculous to say out loud, but that's kind of like what we've been fed to believe that a smaller body is a more worthy body. And if you want to be smaller, just do this workout program that is killer and it's going to hurt your body and it's going to suck, but at least you'll be smaller and then you'll be worthy, right? So I know, I know it sounds ridiculous, but that's kind of the messaging we've been sold. And, you know, if you aren't seeing your body shrink because of the workouts you're doing, it must be because you aren't doing enough and you need to do more workouts. And it's total BS to me it's misleading, it's not good for your health, and it puts way too much power in the hands of your workouts and not enough power in the time outside of your workouts where those changes actually occur. I think the whole like quote unquote shrinking your body thing is overall terrible for our population because it signals that we need to be as small as possible and that has made women specifically afraid of gaining muscle which is just such a shame because gaining muscle is so good for your health, for your metabolism, for your insulin sensitivity, for your bone density, for your body composition, and just for your overall longevity. So what happens is because of this messaging, people end up working out way too much out of guilt and shame and not feeling good enough, and they work out way too hard 
And they're frustrated when they've been doing this for some amount of time and their body starts to feel like it's falling apart. Or they feel like that's just normal, like how I used to feel. Like I used to think that, oh, if I wanted to look this certain way and be this certain size, I would have to work out super, super hard every single day, not have enough rest, not fuel myself properly. And yes, my body would hurt and I would have to pay all this money for my massage therapist and for my at my physical therapist's office. But this is the price I have to pay to look this way. So I I feel like one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about this message is because I've been there myself. And now coming out on the other side of it, I see so clearly how jacked up it is. And so, and again, if you're there, trust me, I was there too. And there's no shame. Like, I don't want anyone to feel like this is your fault. This is just what we've been fed to believe. And it's time for a change. So people end up doing way too much out of guilt and shame or, and then they, you know, their body feels like it's falling apart or they're not seeing results because their hormones are all out of, out of whack. Or on the flip side, people will get a sufficient amount of um, exercise, but maybe they aren't sleeping or sleeping well enough or fueling properly or managing their mind. And so their body isn't changing the way they think it should be changing. And then they get frustrated with that as well. So the point is, is that if you're leaning on your workouts to do the work that things like nutrition and sleep and stress management and overall like healthy routine should, you're going to be frustrated if not now, sometime in the future. Because here's the thing, hormones will ultimately dictate how our body responds to exercise, food, and stressors in our lives. If your hormones are not balanced, you could be, you know, quote unquote, doing everything right, like eating all the right things, exercising in the right way, and yet your body's not changing. And that might be because of a hormone imbalance that it, maybe it's insulin resistance, or maybe it's, it's something, um, you know, as you age, maybe sometimes related to menopause, maybe it's that you're overstressed and you're not sleeping well enough. The sooner we take responsibility for giving our body inputs that balance our hormones, the more optimal your body becomes, the more your body is able to adapt that the workouts to the workouts that you are doing. And I think this gives us so much power, right? Because our body becomes this thing that we start to trust, that we start to feel good in. And then we can navigate kind of inevitable speed bumps that we come across as humans with so much more grace. It doesn't like take us out so much when something bad in our in our life happens. It gives us more resiliency because when we have a, a full tank of gas, we can better approach what's going on in our life rather than trying to navigate twists and turns on an empty tank. So we're going to talk about that today. Health is like a continuum, right? Improving one portion of our health can improve another portion of our health. And I'm going to present this quote unquote hierarchy, but please know that this is not black and white, but rather circular and getting better quality exercise will improve sleep. Getting better sleep can improve stress. Getting better stress can balance our hormones and circle back and improve body composition, um, which, you know, getting better sleep can make your workout performance improve. So it's all circular. I'm going to approach, I'm going to approach this podcast like a hierarchy just to help you decrease overwhelm and understand what's going on in your body and how you really have to have this holistic view of health. But please remember that this is not a black and white thing. All right, so here's the hierarchy. And I think that 
if you want your workouts, your health to be sustainable and you want them to be effective for the long term, following this is can be really useful. So the first one, the first priority is mental health. And I'm no expert in this, so I'm not going to talk about this too deeply. I want to talk about the second one in much more detail, but I'm going to talk about this from my perspective real quick. And I try not to share a ton of personal information on this podcast because I like to keep it relatively professional, but I do think it's kind of valuable to see how someone else is experiencing this. So I really prioritize managing my own brain. And I talk about this on Instagram a little bit, but I do lots of journaling. I get coached twice a week. I walk or meditate almost daily. And it's not perfect, but I notice when I'm not putting in the work to manage my mind. I feel it, right? I feel so much more like angsty and reactive. I don't feel like I'm making decisions out of a place with my prefrontal cortex, right? With my evolved portion of my brain. And I think, you know, I think mental health is actually tied to the second one, which is which is sleep. But mental health and sleep kind of go hand in hand. I mean, all of these go hand in hand. But if you have a more managed mind, you will probably be able to fall asleep faster, right? And then on the flip side, if you're more well-rested, you can probably have a better ability to manage your mind. So I think that they go hand in hand. And I once heard this quote that I think was so good. It was something along these lines. I'm probably going to butcher this. But it was like, weight loss comes from your brain first. And, you know, I'm not a weight loss program. I'm not preaching about weight loss, but I think you can apply this to improving any aspect of your health, right? Gaining muscle, improving body composition, whatever it may be. It comes from your brain first, because if you're constantly thinking like, I'm not good enough, I suck, (laughs) I need to change my body so people will love me, you know, all those crappy thoughts that are so common um, in our society, If you're thinking those thoughts, think about what actions you're going to take. You aren't going to fuel properly. You aren't going to rest enough. You're going to think that you need to exercise more and more and more. None of that's going to be sustainable. And if you're anything like me or how I used to be rather, here's what happens when these thoughts are the predominant ones. You undereat because you think that's what you have to do. You do probably way too much cardio and then you binge on the weekends binge food or over drink or whatever it is, um, when, you know, the under eating and the over exercising isn't quote unquote working fast enough and you binge and overeat and undersleep and you're completely mentally and emotionally exhausted from beating yourself up all week with your thoughts. And eventually you either, you know, get injured or have some sort of awakening where you're like, I can't do this. This is no longer sustainable. And you have to stop exercising and then you feel even worse about yourself. So it's like this chronic spiral, right? So managing your mind is so important. And, you know, whatever that looks like for you, I think making this one of, if not your number one priority when you're talking about improving your health is extremely important. And whatever that looks like for you, like I said, if it's going to therapy, if it's journaling, if it's, uh, you know, coaching, whatever you need to do to better improve your mental health, I promise you all areas of your life will improve if you prioritize that. Okay. So just a little tangent there, but again, I think that's really important and something that I really don't talk about enough, but partly because I'm not an expert in mental health, but, um, nonetheless, extremely important. All right. So the second 
priority on this hierarchy is sleep. And again, I said it's kind of tied for first because it comes hand in hand with mental health. Let's talk a little more in detail about sleep and why it's so important. And we know it's important, but I want to get on I want to get into what's kind of going on inside your body when you don't have enough sleep and some evidence that I found and why getting more sleep will ultimately drive better results. So here's a hot take. <laughs> Less frequent, higher quality workouts with more sleep are more effective than more frequent workouts with less sleep. So I'm going to say that again. Less frequent, higher quality workouts with more sleep are more effective than more frequent workouts with less sleep. So in other words, if it's the difference between working out every single day and getting, you know, less sleep per night, or if it's the difference of working out a few times a week, really high quality workouts with more sleep, take the fewer workouts that are higher quality with more sleep. Your body will change more favorably. And I know that sounds insane, but I think after I explain some of this stuff, it'll start to click in. So sleep disorders are increasing in modern society. And my guess is that, you know, that has something to do with technology, screens, and stress. I think it also has to do with how much we glorify hustle and productivity, especially in the U.S. We demand ourselves to get so much done during the day. I'm guilty of this, and I'm currently working on that. And we expect our bodies to perform optimally in our workouts. We put so much pressure on ourselves that we end up sacrificing sleep. Sleep kind of goes on the back burner. And we wonder why we aren't seeing optimal changes in our bodies or why we're so anxious all the time or why we feel like crap. And, you know, joint pain, losing muscle, or even gaining fat, all of those things can happen when we are not getting enough sleep, even if you are being consistent with your exercise. So, I'd like to make a case that prioritizing your sleep and getting fewer but higher quality workouts in each week could actually be more beneficial and more impactful and drive better results than less sleep and more workouts. So, all right, let's take, let's keep nutrition consistent. Two people are, you know, have similar genetics and are eating the same. Person one does three to four really great strength training sessions per week, and they get, you know, eight to nine hours of sleep on most nights. I'd be willing to bet that over a year, that person would have better results than person two, who was working out five to seven times per week, but getting much less sleep on average. And this hypothesis was actually endorsed by a study that I read recently that I'll talk about here in just a second. But why why does that happen? Well, when you lack sleep, catabolic hormones like cortisol rise and anabolic hormones like testosterone and growth hormone are rapidly reduced. So cortisol is a catabolic hormone, which means that it's breaking things down in your body. And testosterone and growth hormone are anabolic hormones that signal muscle building or protein synthesis. So if you're resistance training, lifting weights, whatever, but you're not getting the proper hormone signals that create hypertrophy and muscle building, you can be putting in the work, but not actually seeing changes in your body. In fact, your nutrition and your exercise could be perfect, spot on, super tight, super clean. But if you don't have proper sleep, you can still 
lose muscle. I know that sounds insane. You can eat and exercise perfectly, but if you're not sleeping enough, you can still lose muscle. And this was shown by an interesting study that put two groups of people on a calorie restriction for 14 days. So group one, so they ate ate the same calorie restriction and group one slept for 5.5 hours every night for 14 days. And group two slept for 8.5 hours per night for 14 days. Both groups lost weight. However, the sleep restricted group lost 55% less fat and 65% more muscle than the group that got more sleep. So the group that slept more had much more favorable changes in body composition. And this is because hormones rule all. And if you aren't sleeping properly, it spikes those stress hormones and lowers the building hormones. Another indication of how sleep affects body composition is about how lack of sleep affects hunger. So sleep deprivation, even if it's just for a few days, can change hormones related to appetite, namely leptin and ghrelin. So sleep deprivation increases leptin, which is a hormone that signals to the brain that you have enough energy. Because if you're lacking energy from sleep deprivation, leptin is lower, and this makes food seem more appealing. Your brain is like, oh, we need more energy. We need more food. And leptin is low, so your brain thinks, okay, we need to eat something that is dense in calories, something that has, you know, that can be easily converted into usable energy, usable sugar, like carbohydrates. So, that's leptin. And then we have ghrelin, which is the hunger hormone that is increased on lack of sleep. So not only is your body potentially not repairing your muscles from lack of sleep because of the increase in cortisol and the decrease in anabolic hormones like testosterone and growth hormone, but you're potentially overeating from that hormone imbalance and spiking those hunger cues. However, the opposite can be true with good sleep. So your metabolism can improve. Again, your body has time to repair the muscles that you damaged in your workouts. So, you know, building more muscle can improve your metabolism, can improve your insulin sensitivity, can improve your hunger cues. Your hormones all start to balance out and everything just functions better and you can see better results. So all this to say is that sleep is important for mental and physical health. And if body composition changes are your goal, And maybe they're not, and that's okay too. Sleep is great for overall health. But if body composition changes or just overall health health changes and health improvements are your goal, you have to prioritize sleep. Body composition is highly correlated to sleep quality. So don't just lean on your workouts. Don't just say, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, eating in calorie restriction and I'm working out and I'm not seeing my body change. Really take a hard look at your sleep. So, so far we've got that on the hierarchy. We've got mental health, I think is number one. Sleep is number two, but probably tied for number one. Number three is nutrition. Again, I mentioned this in almost every podcast because I think that it's underlooked. I think that people get very impatient with nutrition. And because we are all so complex from a digestive level, we have so many different organs operating at once. Nutrition should be personalized. And unless you're seeing a registered dietitian or a functional medicine doctor, who can look at your blood work and give you specific advice, it might take some trial and error on, which by the way, I highly recommend if you um, 
can afford to. I highly recommend seeing a registered dietitian or a functional medicine doctor who can look at that those things. But even if not, you can try do some trial and error on your own to learn how your body is responding to different foods. Because if you're not f- fueling your body properly, you will not see proportional benefits from your workouts, period. And it's not just restricting calories, it's macros, it's timing of eating, it's eating foods that are not causing inflammation and insulin resistance. It's food that your body is responding favorably to. And again, this piece may take a while to figure out and fine tune, and that's to be totally expected. This is not a one week, figure it out kind of thing. I mean, for me, I'm still tweaking my nutrition as my life changes, as, um, you know, like one of my goals is to continue to gain more muscle. So as that changes, I'm continuing to tweak my nutrition things and it might take years and that's okay. It's a process. And there's no one meal plan that I could hand to each of you that would be equally effective for each of you. One person's optimal nutrition plan may have a totally different effect on another person. So I also caution you um, on just kind of taking cookie cutter meal plans and applying those to you. So I don't like to talk too much about this or give a ton of advice because I'm not you know, formally trained in nutrition, but if you're an Evla member, go watch those nutrition modules and apply the things that Catherine says. All right. So first we've got mental health, then we've got sleep, then we've got nutrition, and then last comes fitness. And I intentionally put this last or exercise. And yes, you can thread exercise in before you have all of these things perfectly fine-tuned, but I think it's important to put exercise last because when those things above are really out of whack, your hormones won't be in a place to actually lay down new tissue and new muscle from your workouts. And remember that hormones rule all. So I, I just intentionally put this last because, you know, although I think exercise is fabulous for your overall health, I think that we've prioritize exercise way too high on our list and lean on it far too much to quote unquote solve our problems that really are a combination of these four things in harmony if we want to see optimal results from the time that we're putting into our workouts. And I'll link a couple of studies in the show notes if you want to learn more specifically about sleep. But I do want to say that although I'm emphasizing the importance of these things, it doesn't mean that you have to seek perfection. I certainly haven't found perfection. In fact, this podcast doing research on this has motivated me to kind of prioritize my sleep. I've been, I usually am pretty good about it, but recently I've kind of been, I haven't been the best. I've been staying up too late and on my phone late at night. And so you do not need to seek perfection. I think this podcast should just serve as a good reminder to, and some education that, you know, we're not leaning on our workouts. And I'm calling this all a hierarchy because I think picking one of these things to really focus on for a little while can be really useful. It seems so overwhelming and I get that all the time. Like people are like, I'm just so overwhelmed. Where do I start? Just start by changing one thing. And I listed them at a hierarchy so that you can change, you know, I think sleep and mental health are two of the things that will make the biggest impact if you start to change those. So changing sleep, you know, try that for a month see how your body changes. And my guess is that you will see pretty amazing changes if you start to change sleep, uh, mental health, and then maybe go down to nutrition after a month. See, you know, if you can tweak some things, see how your body changes. And then once you've tried all of those, 
all of those three things, you've really, you're really honest about yourself. Have I given this enough time? Have I given this enough effort? Have I waited long enough to see if this is actually making changes? If you're really being honest with yourself about all that and you're like, okay, now it's time for me to change my exercise, switch something up. Maybe I add a a cardio, maybe I don't. Maybe I take something out and see what happens and get curious about it. But I think people wanna jump immediately to like, oh, I need to add more cardio so I can like burn off everything that I'm eating. And I just think that that's not effective or sustainable long-term. Eventually this all starts to kind of click in and you start to see your body change and improve and little by little happens little by little, but it starts to become kind of fun and your body might be different. But one of the first things I noticed when I really started to change some of these things and I think I started first with mental health long before I like changed my sleep or exercise or anything else. I started to physically feel better. That was one of the first things I noticed. And I think I hear from a lot of my members is like physical, my, my chronic pain decreased. Eventually it went away completely, um, things like that. And then, you know, I, I had to make some changes in my, in my, um, sleep. I did that. And then I started to feel really good. I started to notice I got stronger, things like that. Then now I'm kind of working more on my nutrition and how I can fuel my body to ultimately, you know, gain more muscle. And I've I've noticed that I've made some changes there and I'm starting to see muscle, more muscle gain, things like that. So be patient, be gentle with yourself. And my guess is, is that if you continue at this, trying to change these things on this hierarchy, little by little, you will be in a completely different space a year from now. All right. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Remember there's eight free classes in the show notes if you want to try them and we will see you all next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now.